0: what's up guys welcome to another episode of the pwifa play where your feet are podcast in a nutshell this podcast is all about learning to live a life full of living by playing where your feet are doing your best and being your best no matter what no matter where i'm your host cameron jobs and in today's episode i have the joy of sitting down with chris elliott chris is a former collegiate athlete playing at trevecca men's basketball team in nashville tennessee He now works as the athletic trainer for Grand Canyon University's men's basketball team and is the founder of Beyond the Game. It's an upcoming 365-day devotional book written by 365 athletes. That is actually how I connected with Chris. And through him, I have gained and maintained so many friendships. Some familiar names for our PWIFA listeners that are also in the book are Will Saxton, Ryan Metz, and, spoiler alert for our next upcoming episode, Grace Ball. Who Chris is and what he does is absolutely incredible, and today Chris shares about his own collegiate career with stories of injury and identity, his Beyond the Game book, and the journey he has gone on to pull it off and he shares about his current career in athletic training and the impact he has on the athletes he works with. A true example of playing where your feet are. Before we begin, a couple of things here. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast and do not forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please actually do that. It literally takes two seconds and from what I understand, it really helps the algorithm and all that shindig stuff. But guys, let us know how we're doing and what you are loving. And news to our listeners, in case you missed it, we're now streaming on YouTube as well. So you can find the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast videos on YouTube so that you can not only listen here, but you can now watch each conversation. So, so fun. And if you're staying caught up, you're gonna also see that we have merch. You can check out our merch through the information linked below. So you can not only live out the mission, but rep the merch too. Guys, we have so many items from hats to sweatshirts, to brand new sweatsets, to t-shirts, to bracelets, to tote bags, and my book is out and available to you. Find my book, PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are, available online to purchase on Amazon and on our website today. Once again, all of this information is linked below. So as you guys are listening, just scroll on down, check it out, and tap on those links. Okay, guys, let's meet Chris. Enjoy Season 2, Episode 9. This is the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Our podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. Chris Elliott, what's up? Welcome to the PWIFA Play We Feed Our podcast.
1: How are you? I'm super happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad to have you on and finally have you on at that. I feel like we've been waiting kind of for this moment for a while. We've, we've known each other for over or maybe nearly a year now. So I'm so excited to have you on, share your story, share all the crazy, exciting things that are going on in your life because you got some awesome things we're going to talk about today. But talk to me a little bit. I mean, first things first here, introduce yourself a little to our listeners. Tell them what you're doing and why you got a GCU, you know, a little label on your chest there.
1: Yeah, so I'm really happy to be here. My name is Chris Elliott. Um, I'm an athletic trainer, full-time. That's that's my job. And so I played basketball, group around sports uh, my, my whole life. We can, you know, obviously get into that a little bit later. But when we met over the phone, uh, we were a couple hours away from each other in Florida. I was working at IMG Academy. We were there for about a year, I'm really happy. And then uh, Bryce Drew, the men's basketball coach uh, here at Grand Canyon, Got my number from somebody who knew me and kind of cold called me on a Friday night um, in a Carabas parking lot <laughs> out of nowhere. And he was looking for an athletic trainer. And so we had like an impromptu uh, interview right there in the Carrabba's, uh parking lot uh, waiting for it to go through. And I had about an offer four days later. And so um, that was in uh, in August. So I came out here a couple of weeks later, me and my wife packed up and moved out here. So we've been out here in Phoenix for about a month. Been kind of a whirlwind last couple months for sure.
0: Oh, I bet. And tell me when you got that food, finally, were you too excited to eat? Could you eat that? Lo- I mean, I w- yeah, I feel and like it I- was really, it was
1: really cold and soggy too. <laughs> you're like, I you're don't,
0: know, like, I don't, I don't even was, care about it, the food. We were
1: sitting in the truck for about an hour so. Um, and yeah, like we weren't expecting it. So I like, I brought the food back and my wife was at the house and we opened up. I was like, hey, by the way, uh, we have something we need to talk about. So I just got this phone call. So it was a, a date night in kind of turned into something else, that's for sure. Oh, so, my goodness. So.
0: Packed up your bags and moved across the country a little bit there.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was an experience. Uh, Florida to Phoenix, for anybody who's driven that, uh, I'm not sure how many made that move, but it's not fun. It's a, it's, it's a solid three 14-hour days in the car. So... Uh, we got yeah uh, we got two dogs also so they made the trip in the truck with us also so it was uh, it was an experience for sure but uh, I mean it's fun you know you know like obviously being sports where you are the connections you make and you just never know when you're going to get a phone call and I worked in college basketball previously kind of had the itch to get back into it but we were happy at IMG and uh, and that's you know we're about to enter another school year and I got uh, an unknown number from Valparaiso, Indiana, and picked it up. He's like, hey, this is Bryce Drew from Grand Canyon. And I was like, what? He goes, hey, yeah, are there? He this is Bryce Drew. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> thought this was a joke. So.
0: Oh, my goodness. Good thing you answered the unknown number. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. I know. Oh, yeah, my
0: goodness. So. It's so true, though. Like, I, I mean, talking about play where your feet are right off the jump here, you're doing your job, yeah. you're doing your thing down in IMG. And Little did you know it would lead to this opportunity, but even I relate to that with the job I have now. You know, I was, I've was i done a lot of things at the University of Miami from being a student, from doing UMTV, from playing, from coaching, all that jazz – But also most recently, I was the host for Hurricanes baseball in the spring and and I was just doing my thing. I was having a good time. I was doing my job the best I could. And and that led me to really getting noticed to now land this full time job I have now with the with the Miami Hurricanes. So it's so funny how just taking the daily opportunities of playing where your feet are can lead to these big big dreams, whether you even think you dreamt it before or not. So love to see you just succeeding. And I know we were just talking offline before this, how exciting it is right now. We're heading into basketball season. You're getting ready. You're grinding right now. But the time has almost come for all the tournaments, all the competitions, all the games. It's it's almost there.
1: Yeah, no, we're excited. It's uh, It's been a lot of long two-a-days, so a lot of 12-, 14-hour days. Um, I'm sure you can see, like, the bags under my eyes right now. Being back on a college campus, I mean, you know better than anybody, like just the vibe on a college campus, the energy. Uh, we don't have football or anything like that. So, basketball is our main sport. And we average, like, we've got the craziest student section in the country, we average 5,000, 6,000 students a game. It's, it's really fun. Uh, we had our Midnight Madness two weeks ago, and we had students camping outside the arena Monday before the Friday of Midnight Madness. And so, um, it's a fun fun time fall like yeah football moving into basketball it's a fun time to be on a college campus and um, so I'm ready to, definitely ready to get basketball season underway. practices have been you know their practices. I'm ready to get getting and getting into some games right now so.
0: Five to six thousand students in a student section is insane to me. That's so Man, so we cool. Need to, we need to get Cam on campus yes. out. To GC oh campus. my goodness! To. I, I think we we got to make a basketball version. This has to happen, oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: I mean, I when
1: I was interviewing for the job, when they offered it they were trying to get me out here, obviously, like the Drew family, Scott Drew's a Baylor, you know, his dad Homer Drew is. Um, is a Hall of famer. Um, and they're telling me like, hey, like you know, we've been to Duke, Kansas. like this this environment, this home environment is, is matches anybody, if not if not the best in the country for college basketball. And at a previous school I was at, like we had played at Duke, and I was like, I, okay, I don't know. that was a pretty good atmosphere. And then uh, we got out here for the March for the Midnight Madness, and it it's insane. I've never been a part of anything like this. Uh, I mean, you'd appreciate it for volleyball our first volleyball game. We had eight thousand people there, and like seven thousand of them were students, so it was it was insane.
0: Yeah, it's hard to beat the Cameron Crazies at Duke, but like you were saying, that volleyball. I remember NCAA reposted their opening yeah. game, and just the atmosphere is insane. It's insane yeah. with the lights, like. The amount of production elements you guys have putting into each one of those games is nuts. So I I see it from the production element side of things too, but it's just such a cool atmosphere. So good for you thriving out there. Like I'm super excited for the start of your season and your first season here at GCU. I know it's going to be a blast, but I'm also super excited for this podcast today, having you on. And it's funny because we I remember we connected through Colby Bird who is one yeah. of my former volleyball teammates at the University of Miami and one of my best friends still to this day. I love her to death. But I remember she texted our group chat that we have with, I think, five of us from UM. And mm-hmm. she was saying how there's this guy who's like doing some devotional type thing with athletes and turning it into a book and wants to do 365 days and 365 athletes write it. And she's like, hey, like if anyone's interested, let me know. I can send you his number and you can talk. So I was, yeah. I heard it and it piqued my interest and said, yeah, sure. Like I already love writing. I love faith. I love sports. I love putting it all together. So why not? And I ended up having this random phone call with some guy yeah. named Chris Elliott that I had no idea anything about. But obviously, it sparked an awesome relationship that we both have together, and I've been honored to be a part of what we call Beyond the Game. So Chris, talk to me, what in the world for our listeners who are hearing this for the first time, or maybe not for the first time, because social media is killing the game for this, but talk yeah. to us, what is Beyond the Game?
1: It, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, I, was, I never had a writing background, never dreamt, dreamt of doing a book or anything like that. Growing up, you know, around sports and around athletics, I remember really my college um, playing basketball in college, I remember thinking there's a lot of good Christian devotionals out there. And I remember thinking back then, like, man, I wish there was something more athlete specific that I could go through that I could go through with, you know, some teammates or other athlete friends on campus. Like, hey, what do you think about today's devotional stuff like that? And so um, I remember that thought in college didn't do anything about it at all I never really thought much more about it and so you know fast forward shoot uh three years later three or four years later I'm working full-time uh at Stephen F. Austin University in Texas for their men's basketball program um we're having a great year this is the year we went to Duke we beat Duke you know we we're 28 and three Uh, We were projected to be a 12 seed in the NCAA tournament, you know, won our regular season. We were about to win conference. Um, And then the day before our conference tournament started, COVID happened and everything got shut down. And I mean, I think obviously everybody's life went crazy is a big change for everybody, but I think more so than anything is people that were involved with athletics and we didn't really know what to do with ourselves because, you know, it, it's athletics year round, even when you're not in season, you're still training for season and stuff like that. It just stopped and we were home and, you know, everything quieted down and and I mean, talk about, you know, again, play where your feet are, you know, you just everybody had to figure out, all right, like, what's this, you know, what am I going to do with my time now? You know, when something's taken out of your life, you got to fill it with something, you know, and so um, just kind of in that time of quiet, um, got to spend a lot more time with my wife, which was awesome. And then, but one of the things that came out of it, you know, and all that stillness was really felt like the the Lord put this idea on my heart to do a devotional specifically for athletes. And so um, I'm not a writer, like I said, so I was like, yeah, this is, this is a really cool idea for somebody else to do. Like, this isn't, this isn't an idea for me to do. Like, God, you don't really know what you're talking about here. Um, and really, for about four or five weeks, I couldn't shake this idea. I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is a cool idea. Like, somebody else should do this so I started to pray about it though, couldn't shake it. and really felt like it was what, you know, the Lord was calling me to do. And so one night at dinner, brought it up to my, my wife. I was like, Hey, I've been thinking about this idea, you know, kind of hoping she would be like, yeah, you're not a writer. Like get somebody else to like, do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: no, that's and that's great for someone else.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I was kind of hoping she was, I was like, all right, she's going to talk me out of it. And uh, I was like, all right, this one, I've been thinking about like, what do you think? And she literally looks up at me and she's like, yeah, what have you been, what have you been waiting for? <laughs> so. I was like, all right, you know, maybe this is maybe this is a sign. And so um praying through that process kind of felt like, you know, is the thing to do. So we decided to go for it. But one of the things I thought was really important to me and to the project was not to just write everything from my soul experience and perspective, you know, as a as an athlete, but to get as many different backgrounds and experiences from different Christian athletes from across the country. Um, With the idea being like you, you know, you as a female volleyball player, you can reach a whole different, you know, whole different audience than I can as a male basketball player or, you know, we've got CrossFit athletes and stuff like that, you know, it's just um, as many different experiences and struggles and backgrounds as possible from literally all over the world. And so um, I wrote down about 15 names of close friends and family. Um, who were also college and professional athletes to kind of pitch the idea to them to write one. And then um, they all agreed. And I had them refer me on to Christian athletes that were outside of my immediate circle that they knew, um, just to you know try and start that diversity. And so they agreed to write one, they referred me on to you know those people. And then it just started like those cold calls, like texts, like, hey, this is, my name's Chris, I got your number from so-and-so, this is what I'm doing. Like, are you interested? And uh, talking with me about it. And so, I mean, it was texting, you know, started from 15 and just grew and grew and grew. And so it it was awesome. Like, selfishly, my favorite part of it was just being able to talk to you and like 400 other people, you know, four or 500 people. Some of the people I talked to weren't able to do it, but they still wanted to talk about it and stuff like that. So yeah, that was in 2020. Um, and it was about a two-year 2, two year process of uh, just calling. And obviously, you know, that next season hit, we had a full basketball season that, that next season. So I'm back in college basketball and trying to do this on the side. So I'm working, you know, 12-hour days. And if there's two or three hours when I get home that I can, you know, call two or three people and kind of pitch the idea. they was just full of that for months and months. And then made that move to img you know for that year and that freed up a lot of time you know my my schedule wasn't as crazy at img and so i was really able to pick up a lot of momentum and that was when our paths crossed and uh and then um so yeah so it just built up a couple weeks ago we finally got 365 athletes and the coolest thing is is literally you know division three athletes, NAI athletes, all the way to Olympic athletes, you know, NFL, MLB athletes, and then everybody in between, male, female. We've got guys, you know, still playing in the pro bowl in the NFL right now, all the way to, you know, retired athletes. My dad wrote one, he was an old Vanderbilt basketball and baseball athlete back in the seventies. And I just love the diversity. It's been super. It's been super cool. We've got you know people that are freshmen right now in college, and then like I said, like my dad, who's you know in his sixties, and he's able to write you know as a you know wiser, older, retired athletes, and um, so I mean anybody can kind of relate to it. Yeah. So it's it's really just three myself, you. 364 other athletes just sharing their struggle how the Lord helped them in athletics and an encouragement of you know how how you as the reader can kind of get through um, get through that and so yeah and then you said kind of social media to hold myself accountable I was like all right uh, I don't want to start this and 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 uh not see it through. And so I decided as I started getting devotionals back just to throw up, you know, an action shot of that athlete and then a little sentence snippet from their devotional. Um, and then that caught on pretty good and people started sharing it and the following kind of grew. And and there's been some really cool stories about um people just getting involved in the project just because they happened to see you know, see it on their explore page or a friend that they knew from high school shared a post and they clicked on it and scrolled through and saw everybody and all that stuff. So, I mean, this is, this is a hundred percent, you know, I really don't feel like this is my project. This is, you know, I really feel like this has been totally inspired by the Lord and it's his project more than anything. I'm just, you know, the person that I got to get the ball rolling, but uh, it's a cool community of 365 of us that all have, you know, the same the same amount of stake in it. So it's been, it's been a huge blessing to work on for sure.
0: No, it's been so cool to be a part of it too. And I think of, you know, of course I had friends going into that, that ended up being on it as well. And then it's turned into a lot of our, you know, I look at myself and someone who I'm about to name here in a second, but, how we've also started using these athletes as podcast guests. And so I've had you on here. I've had Ryan Metz, who I knew before, but he's been on the podcast. Will Saxton's been on the podcast. He's one of the athletes. Grace Ball has been on the podcast Mm -hmm. or will be on the podcast. Um, this season. And so it's funny just seeing us all like kind of merge together all of our passions from beyond the game. And I know Grace has been the same way with having you on her podcast and others on her podcast too. So it's just been fun seeing kind of all of us come together for this one cause, shine the light to God, but then also continue to just build from there. Like we didn't, we didn't just come to this, write our devotional, then be like, all right, peace out. Like, good luck, Chris, like hope life is good after this. You know, like, I feel like we've done a pretty good job at least trying to get connected. Every time I saw one of those graphics go up, I was like, like a new athlete, like who is this person? What sport did they play? you know, where did they play? Figure out all the information. And it's just been this really cool community To be a part of but also just watch and see grow and thrive and how every single person we have different passions we have different careers whether like you said we're still in our sport today or we are sitting in a corporate office we're still just doing something that can bring glory to god and it's been really cool seeing this whole process play out for you but talking more about the process here you know what what has been some some highs and some lows in this whole book project
1: yeah. Well, I think you touched on a lot of the highs is when I started this, I really wanted it to feel like a community. I didn't want it to feel like, you know, Hey, this is Chris's thing. Like, we're just happy to be a part of it. I wanted you to feel like I'm stepping into this and this is ours collectively. Um, and that's been really cool. Cause that's what it's felt like for me too, is not just, you know, I've felt like you've owned it, you know, just as much as I have and uh, which has been awesome. And like you said, like being able to get on, um you know ryan asked me to be on his podcast also like i'm able to be on your podcast i was on grace's her her first season of her podcast and um i think it's been cool too because i think we've been able to use it to encourage each other it's not just like i'm doing this on my own or you were starting this on your own it was like you know we're walking alongside each other you know throughout like our own individual uh projects but it's like you know helping each other along too so that's been really really cool and then just i mean like i said like just you know i had i had some conversations with some guys um like one that off the top of my head a football player from Wake Forest the first time we talked it was an hour and 45 minute phone conversation like there's a lot of family members i haven't had an hour 45 minute phone conversation with but um just like the, the blessing that that was and um when you get you know got just it was a lot of work it was you know it was a lot of phone calls stuff like that um and then there's some people that you know couldn't do it and so you would go through a week where you got you talked to 15 people that were super excited and then you would go through a three week period where it was like okay I've gotten one person in the last three weeks you're a little bit ahead of it than I am you know in the in the publishing game and all that stuff um but just the what goes into all of what it takes to you know it's not just a word document and then you submit it you're like i'm done this is awesome i really
0: wish it was
1: (laughs) yeah me too me too because like i'll send out an email be like all right we're gonna try not get this thing finished by the end of the summer and i was like all right by the end of the fall and i'm like i just want it to be done so just i mean there was a lot of you know and then you add you know um, this started when I was in Texas, then I moved to Florida and then it picked up a lot of momentum in Florida. And then it was like, within a two week period, it was like, stop everything in life. We're moving to Phoenix, you know? Um, and then trying to pick it back up here and stuff like that. So I'm there, it, it's just been like highs and lows and it's, you know, my wife has been awesome. Cause there's been days where I'm like, Oh, this is never going to happen. Like, I've like it just isn't going to come through. And she's like, hey, like she's the one that's reminding me, like, hey, this isn't your thing. This is the Lord's thing. Like, he's going to push it through because, you know, he put this on your heart. And and so using that, you know, as an encouragement, going back to the highs, I mean, it's just the community that's come out of it um, has been unbelievable. It's been fun for me to watch, you know, like Ryan, they made their, their World Series run and uh, we had shoot five or six athletes that qualified for the crossfit games one of them fit, uh two fin- two or three finished in the top 10 like insane and then like i said uh one of our guys he's a you know a pro bowl punter in the nfl so just being able to like keep up with them and see the success that they've had and that they're really really high level athletes but it meant enough to them to take the time out of their busy schedule to be intentional with this was was really cool to watch so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, I feel like I could talk for hours just on, on the experience. Honestly, I was I'm sure you're the same way. You could probably just write a book just off the process of trying to write a book. No,
0: it's, it's so true. It's so true. I love that too. You probably have, you've probably cheered for most, the most teams you've ever cheered for this year from oh, yeah. knowing all these I different have, athletes. I've had, to
1: like, I've had to be careful about, cause I mean, before you obviously had your favorite NFL team, you have your favorite uh like uh, NBA team like all that and now like on my social media I'm like I can't put that I've got you know I've got a buddy who plays for the Cardinals now I can't say anything you know um they're playing each other this week and uh and so yeah but I mean it's been awesome just seeing you know turn on the TV or I mean I remember uh, my wife and I were at dinner like the ACC network was on and it was on a softball game like one of the softball athletes that wrote for the book like it was her playing like up to bat and I was like yeah this is crazy just like somebody I would never have crossed paths with you know just because of this like I'm sitting at a, a restaurant in uh in Florida watching somebody I know from Clemson play on TV so um that's been really really cool
0: Oh, that's awesome. And I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, unexpected connections you've now had from this, unexpected teams mm-hmm. you've been cheering for. But what what's an unexpected lesson that you've learned from this process?
1: Yeah. Um, man, I think, I think like kind of what I touched on is I feel like I thought it was more of a straightforward process. And I think anything in life, we think like, all right, this is it. This is the path I'm going down and we're just going to go down it you know, even with this process, you know, we've, we had some, some issues with before NAL came out, there was this, there were some issues with a, what athletes can we post, what athletes can not we post, like, you know, stuff like that, that really delayed a lot of stuff. And then um, coming through this editing and publishing phase that we're in now, you know, some of the legal stuff where, um, where it's easy to get down and like, all right, like, it's just not going to happen, you know. Um, But being able to push through that and seeing, like, the bigger picture, like, like I said, like, I've really constantly had to remind myself, my wife has had to remind me, like, this thing isn't about me, you know, it's, you know, like I said, like, it's about, you know, it's about you, it's about the other 365 people, and it's really about, you know, the Lord putting this on my heart and, you know, just being that vessel to kind of help carry that out Um, and understand it's something bigger than myself, you know. I think that's been like the biggest lesson is just you know the perseverance, but then just understanding, I think there's a lot of parallels in life that like. The spotlight isn't on you, you know like you're going to go through highs and lows, and I mean you did it with injuries, I did it with injuries, and you know I think it's a cool thing that athletics really kind of prepares you for um, that it's not ever just going to be a straight path. And so, I mean, it's been, it's been a really cool, you know, area of just growing in faith of like, Hey, this is going to work just, you know, keep putting in the work, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to work itself out. And so, um, that's something that's, you know, constantly been, been an area of growth for me through this process.
0: You mentioned some injuries there. So now I, now I kind of want to work backwards. So we've talked about yeah. what you're doing now. We've talked about the book and the start of the book, but let's work backwards now. So yeah. Talk, talk to us about your background, you know, from, from growing up to how faith has been a part of your life pretty much since the beginning and also athletics and then how those have merged together. So let's back it up here. Just, just yeah. give us the background now. Where, Where did all of this come from?
1: Yeah. So this, uh, I grew up in Nashville. I, I said it a little bit. My dad played basketball and baseball at Vanderbilt. Which um, I got to, um,
0: I got to pop in there and say, go yeah. doors. My brother is also a Vanderbilt Commodore played football Vanderbilt. there back in the day. So yeah. yeah, go doors. doors.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah. So he played there and then ended up uh, playing a couple years in the Mets organization. Um, and then went back to Vanderbilt as a basketball coach and coached there in the nineties. Um, and then, my brother played basketball in college. And so, I mean, every one of my siblings pretty much played at some point in their life. And so, um, I just grew up in a, in a sports household. And so it was always my dream to play basketball in college and I grew up in a Christian home. And so I was really blessed by that. Really good parents, really good brothers and sisters. As basketball kind of became a bigger, bigger uh, area in my life, I kind of feel like my relationship with God kind of became a little bit less important to me, and so got lucky enough to play, got a scholarship to play basketball at at Trevecca University in Nashville, Tennessee, a Division II school. And so um, by that point, you know, I would I would say basketball is pretty much my idol. It's kind of basketball, and then you know anything with my faith was pretty secondary. Had you know had a good a good first year as a freshman Um, and then my second year things started to go downhill a little bit I ended up you know halfway through the year got a high ankle sprain we had a really bad year like our record was terrible there's a lot of team issues a lot of you know personal issues with myself got injured was pulled out you know for for eight weeks with a high ankle sprain and then um, and then uh, rehab back from that junior year um, we had a pretty good team, or, or so we thought, and going into that, the preseason, I ruptured a disc in my back uh, and broke a vertebrae, and then, so that was the preseason, November came around, I broke my foot in a, in a game, um, so I was out for a couple more weeks there, I think the first or second week back, first or second game back from my broken foot, got hit in the head, had to get stitches in the, in a game, had a concussion, uh, lost time for that, and then came back from that. Uh, I think this was February in practice, went up for a putback and took another shot to the face, ended up breaking my skull and my nose. And so that I was I couldn't do any contact for several weeks, several months. I was completely done with basketball. And so at that point, I mean, basketball is such a huge idol and everything else was so secondary. And then basketball obviously got taken away from me for a pretty long period of time um and kind of like I said earlier you know when you've got a hole in your life you know you got to fill it with something and so I was kind of filling it with everything else and hit hit a pretty bad point like, you know grades were doing terrible relationships were really bad I was depressed you know got in a pretty bad place mentally and then had an opportunity to go take a, a foreign tour with athletes in action that's kind of like the first thing I was able to do you know coming out of these injuries as a healthy athlete. And so I agreed to do that. We went and played for like a month in New Zealand. It was incredible. But during that, during that trip, you know, we would share our testimonies with people, hold clinics and all that stuff. But athletes in action, what I love about them is they discipled us the whole time that we were there. So while we were playing games and doing mission work and stuff like that, we were receiving just as much discipleship and mentorship through that process. And one of the biggest things You know, their slogan is audience of one. The phrase that they told us that will stick with me for the rest of my life is when a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes a bad thing. And that was like so eye opening. It's like basketball is a really good thing in my life. I made it, turned it into a God in my life. And, you know, obviously basketball comes and goes. And so when that was taken away, I just kind of crashed and didn't have anything else to fall back on. And so that was super eye opening and really life changing for me. And so, came back from that trip to start my senior year of college, felt really refreshed. Um, My relationship with the Lord was much better, much more mature, and I was ready to take on senior year. uh, Preseason hit again, ruptured a disc in my back again, but I mean, it was totally different. Like, I mean, this, talking about a year ago, I had the exact same injury, and it was just despair. Like, I just crashed, and then this one, I had so much more hope of like, all right, you know, kind of what's next. This is this is what I was dealt with, you know, let's let's find out what's next. I was able to rehab back from that, played my senior year in the spring. I remember sitting down with my athletic trainer who was with me all three years. I mean, he was he was every bit as much of a spiritual, spiritual mentor to me as he was, you know, helping me out physically with all the injuries. And I was just telling him like, hey, I college is almost over, basketball. I don't know what I'm gonna do next. Like, do I go play overseas? Do I do, you know, what do I do? And he was just like, I think you'd be a really good athletic trainer. And I was like, I I've never thought about that, you know. And he was like, well just he was like, just think about it. He's like, you know, if it doesn't work out, he's like, you know, I think I think you'd be really good at it. So the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I'd love to have this same kind of impact on athletes, you know, that he had on me. Um, I knew I still want to be a part of sports and so so you know, fast forward to our, our conference tournament. It was a close game, first game of conference tournament. I got a steal, breakaway layup to kind of ice the game, came back down the court, stepped out on a ball screen and tore my ACL. So, I mean, that, and so that was kind of, kind of it. And so that's kind of, you know, that kind of answered the question of what do I do? Do I go play overseas? Do I, um, do I start, you know, looking into athletic training? And so um, kind of felt like that was, that was the answer to the question a little bit. So literally from the moment you know I got off the operating table in that spring, uh, just started looking up athletic training programs and got accepted to go to one in Texas and um, and that kind of started my my career as an athletic trainer, just you know the, the experiences with all the injuries, but then it's been unbelievable. just the I'm able to share a lot of what I've experienced as an injured athlete with my athletes, but then, just understanding how important my athletic trainer was to me, and the encouragement he gave me spiritually, mentally, physically, all that. Um, now I'm able to, kind of in turn, give that to the athletes that I have now. It's been it's been really awesome, and so that's a long answer to to how I kind of ended up what I'm doing now. But yeah, it's been I would it, it was a it was a crazy roller coaster of a college career for sure, but I wouldn't change it based on anything based on where I'm at right now.
0: And it's so funny because I relate so much of that to my story too, with, you know, a little bit of different injuries here and there, but it was the constant of, okay, playing, starting, competing, being a captain, and then, oh, here comes another injury. And then healing and recovering and getting back on the court again, and here goes another injury. And then doing it all over again, and just repeat after repeat after repeat, and then eventually, you know, going away from the sport, which, it was similar to you too. I mean, kind of that ACL injury ended your career in a way a little mm. unexpectedly for you. And then same thing for me. I, mine ended in my junior year unexpectedly. But going through that, I mean, I know you've mentioned how that quote of a good thing and when it becomes a God thing can become a bad mm. thing. So talk a little bit more too about just that. How did you make that identity shift of knowing mm. that your identity is not rooted in your performance on the court but your identity is rooted in Christ. What was another key thing that really helped you make that shift in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think a big thing was just understanding, like looking back how like how disappointed I was getting, you know, freshman year, how like disappointed, like my injury sophomore year and junior year, I think that summer going into my senior year, it was just a wake up call of, you know, why have I been in such a bad place mentally? You know, why have I been depressed? You know, struggling really bad in that area. And I think just the realization of, you know, anything of this world is going to be taken away from you, you know? And so if all of my hope and all of my identity was in basketball, that was going to end, whether it was injuries, whether it was my career, age, you know, whatever. Um, It was just not a sustainable thing to put my identity in. And... Understanding that, like, you know, I could I could have a fantastic game, and it doesn't change how much I'm loved by by Jesus. You know, doesn't change my worth. You know, just the same way that I could be injured and you know, not even dressing out or have a terrible game. You know, that um, as opposed to doing this, like, I had a basketball, I had a really good game. I'm on top of the world. Now I'm injured and I'm just down and out. You know, um, understanding. You know, from that New Zealand trip. And really, I mean, I look back that first, you know, it wasn't but two weeks coming back where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great year. All the pressure's off me. Like, I know where my identity is. You know, I get hurt and rupture my disc again. And I look how important that injury was because that's the first time that I was like, okay, like, it's going to be okay. Because, you know, God has a plan for this too. And just like, I mean, the, the black and white difference of what a year ago was where I, where I did this. And it was just like depression. Whereas this time, you know, I had the exact same injury and it was so much hope going into it of like, all right, like whether I can play or I can't play, like, this is a gift regardless. And, um, you know, God's going to use this, you know, in my life one way or the other. And so I think that that was the biggest thing it was like, you know, when your identity is in basketball, you know, you're very limited to, to what that you know what that bar is when your identity and hope is in the Lord you know that bar is you know astronomical but that doesn't waver ever so I mean, that that was just a big realization in my life kind of going into that senior year
0: I love that so much and so often we think of whenever we identify ourselves as this big time athlete this you know on camera host whatever we might be putting that label on ourselves. We kind of feel like we do that because it adds to who we are. We think of, oh, if that's who I'm known as, then like I'm a big deal because of that. But at the end of the day, like you said, that's limiting to God. Like if you think that all you are is just that basketball player, just that volleyball player, just that athlete, just that sports reporter, just that doctor, just that whatever you are, whatever you identify yourself as, like – you're so much more than that. I mean, we know, we know the hashtag. And of course, this is the name of um, her podcast as well as the more than an athlete. Like we've Mm. mentioned it before. So having us be more than an athlete, that's what it's all about. Like don't put God in a box and don't put yourself in a box thinking that that's all you are because you are so much more than an athlete and God will do so much more than that. And you mentioned it too, how You know, there's the verse that talks about we can't store up for ourselves treasures on earth, but we have to store Mm -hmm. up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And I remember going through everything I went through, it was a factor of knowing that, okay, one... I wasn't accomplishing anything athletically anymore because I was a vegetable and being forced to medically retire, but also because it's not getting me anywhere. Like, we're not gonna no. be entering into heaven one day, holding up our resumes to God and being like, God, like, look what I did. Like, look, I was starter. I was a captain. I won all these accolades. I was player of the year. I had all A's. I was this, that, and the other. Like, look at my glowing resume. Like, no, we're not going to do that. That's not the only title that we have that we have to boast is the fact that we're children of God. And like, that's the thing getting us into heaven. That's if we boast about any identity we have, that's the identity we boast about. And that's the identity that's going to get us the most things here on earth too. I mean, it's it, that that's what won't limit God is by just identifying ourselves as a piece of God. And if we do mm-hmm. that, then he's gonna use that for his glory and in turn highlight your life and make you shine. Cause if you're shining, he's shining. If you're claiming to be his, if you're shining, he's shining too. And so I think having that shift is just so, so important. And I, and I love too how, you know, you had that shift and then you went back and played and you had that injury again. And though it was the same injury or same process of being taken out of the game again, you had such a different mindset shift. And again, talking about how our our stories overlap and are similar is mine was a similar way. You know, in 2019, that was my third concussion within 12 months. I went through depression. I went through anxiety. I had a six-month recovery process to when I could run again. And my brain was good enough for me to make movement like that. And It was the worst time of my life. And then fast forward two years later to this past fall coaching with the Canes, I got my fourth (laughs) concussion. Once again, yeah. Like once again, concussion number four, it took me honestly severe. The symptoms were not near as severe, but to heal fully for the most part, it took me about the same time to recovery. I I got Mm -hmm. injured in November and I was still dealing with concussion symptoms through May. And so Though it was similar times, though it was the same exact injury, I was not with depression. I did not have anxiety. I knew where my identity belonged. Sure, I didn't have my career in before me, but I had a lot of things that I dealt with with concussion number four. But I knew where my identity was, and I knew God had a plan for all the pain. I knew there was a purpose to everything. I knew, though I couldn't see it even at that time, that it was going to all be redeemed because he had just done it before, and I knew he was going to do it again. And I love, I just think that if anyone is listening, if anyone, whether you're an athlete or not, is listening to this, keeping your identity in check is so, 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 important. So, Chris, I love that you speak on that. Um, And I love now that you're in the position as an athletic trainer, like you said, you've had trainers pour into your life and now you're able to do the same. So talking now about the position you're in, you know, I know you're taking advantage of that. And that's so much what play where your feet are is all about. So now taking play where your feet are, taking this podcast, the mantra, the message and everything we're about here. How does play where your feet are relate to your life?
1: Yeah, right now. I mean, I love when I think about play where your feet are, you know, it's talking in the present tense. It's not like play where your feet were. Play where you want your feet to be. You know, it's what can I do right now? You know, if you do have goals, what can I do where my feet are right now to take one more step to get to that goal? You know, um, I think you know, looking at it from a from a faith perspective. Um, it's just understanding that, you know, God's doing work in you right now. You know, like you said, like as a coach, when you got your fourth concussion, you were not expecting to get a concussion as a volleyball coach, right? You know, but it's understanding that like God knows where you're at, you know, what can I learn in in that area right now? Um, you know, when I tore my ACL, it was the same thing. It was you know, I was okay. You know, like I said, you know, I, I wasn't having the, the identity issues that I had the year before anything like that, but I mean, it's still disappointing. Like your, your career ended and, and because I, I mean, I met my wife at physical therapy who was also recovering from an ACL tear, you know, There's and purpose so, to the
0: pain people. <laughs> I, know, I know.
1: And so um, I think just understanding, like, just live in the present, like, what is God trying to do in your life right now? You know, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day of um, kind of deciding the same thing. Like, I don't know if I want to play, you know, his, his career ended with a with a surgery. And I was like, man, I was like, it stinks. But I was like, that just means God's got something really good for you, you know, better than playing professional baseball. He's got something even better for you outside of baseball. And so I think, you know, looking at it more, 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 to, so from a faith perspective is just understanding that you know, don't, don't get caught up in like, why did, why did this happen? Or, well, what's going to happen now? Just like, what can God show me right in this moment? You know, how can I lean on him more? How can I draw closer to him right now? And then like, honestly, if you want to take the faith perspective out of it, if you just want to do purely injuries, I have this, I have this conversation all the time with athletes. It's, you know, you might you might be coming back from an ACL and you can't do anything weight-bearing. Well, it's like today, I'm going to get these strongest hips I can. I'm going to do leg raises on the table. I'm going to do whatever I can. You know, if you're coming back from a concussion, it's like, hey, I'm not going to look at my phone for for the next hour because I'm going to do what I can right now to try and limit those symptoms. You know, if you've got goals as an athlete, it's, you know, you're not a division one player right now. You're not getting recruited by division one schools right now. What can I do today to take one step closer to becoming, a division one athlete, or whatever your goals are, and so I think that's the biggest thing. When I was thinking a lot about that today, is like, man, I love that. You know, it's where you are right now. It's not, you know, you know, it's not like worrying about the past. It's like I, I'm where I'm at right now. What can I do today, this minute, you know, to get where I want to go or to leave the past behind? So, I mean, I love, I love the expression. Every time I've, I've heard it from other people, you know. And every time I think of you, I think of the devotional that you wrote for Beyond the Game. Um, it's just, it's really cool, you know, putting a face, putting your face with, you know, the the phrase and seeing, you know, how far you've come and what the brand that you've built. And um, it's just been really, really cool. I, I love the phrase and I love what you're doing with it.
0: Well, thanks for that. I wasn't expecting the compliment at the end of that, but I'll take it. But no, I, I love what you said and how I think so often too, we talk about this in, you know, you talked about not looking at the past, but I think it's also, you know, not looking at the future too. And more, more than just when you're down in the dumps, even when you're on the mountaintop, like I was actually, this is fresh on my mind because I was literally thinking about this today of how, you know, I'm one of those people and I've, I've probably talked about this before on the podcast, how. I have, can't wait, the words can't wait at the top of my vocabulary. Like I'm always like, oh, I can't wait for this or that or the other. And, you know, I'm always looking to that next step and that next job and that next opportunity. And so often, I mean, we can get lost in looking at our future too, not just looking at our past. And I was thinking about that today and I heard, you know, there's our UMTV, our college station here is doing a feature on me at the moment. And they interviewed one of my pastors down here today to just talk about kind of the faith aspect of my story as well. And he he called me after and was telling me how the people that were interviewing him, one of the girls had never met me before, but she said she wanted to meet me just hearing everything I'm doing. And the fact that, you know, I'm doing what she wants to do one day. And just they, she's, the guy, my pastor said, they were really in awe of what I did. And that brought almost like tears to my eyes. And I, and, but I started thinking deeply about it, how, you know, I'm so focused on, okay, I'm working at UM now, and I love my job at UM, and I want to stay in Miami forever, but I'm also thinking, hey, I want to be a college football sign that reporter, and I want to be Oprah, and I want to be Tim Tebow, and I have all these big goals that I plan on reaching, but I started thinking, like, okay, as, as good as that all is ahead of you, and as great as that can be, like, god is doing something in you right now mm-hmm. right where you're at so you know mm-hmm. don't don't t- don't lose this opportunity to minister to the university of miami to pour into these students because this is where you are right now and if you take advantage of it god will use that position that you're in and, and that's what play where we your is all about it's knowing that any position you're in good bad ugly in between that it has purpose and it has impact if you choose to be intentional about it. So love, love, love that you just talked about not getting lost in looking back, not getting lost in looking future and knowing that God can use you where you're at right, right now.
1: Right. And I like, don't downplay going off that, like don't downplay the impact that, you know, you or anybody else can have on the people in your life where you're at right now. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I've got, you know, goals and aspirations of like what beyond the game can become and all that stuff. And, at the end of the day, you know, God's going to take it where he wants it to go. But um, just one of the stories of like, through the process, I got a uh, a DM on our Instagram account from a high school volleyball player that I've never met. I don't even know where in the United States she is. She and some of her teammates started following the account. And uh, one of our athletes that I posted on the Instagram page, they really liked the quote, and they all printed out stickers of that quote, and were are passing them around at their high school. And that was kind of like what you're saying—one of those eye-opening things to me. Of like, all right, like this book may or may not ever be on the like bestsellers list or anything like that, but it's impacted you know 15 high schoolers, you know, high school volleyball players at some high school in America, and that otherwise you know might have not come across anything like this. And so, um, so yeah, like you were saying, like goals and dreams are awesome, but I mean the impact that you can have on people right now where you are. Um, you have no no idea how you know how beneficial that can be and how much you can impact somebody's life, like where you are today. So you know don't don't overlook that as well, kind of like what you were saying.
0: Most definitely. And Chris, you've talked about a lot of little gold nuggets of wisdom throughout there and a little bit of pieces of advice here and there. But talking more specifically, you know, hearing now having these listeners, whether they know you from beyond the game, your own, opportunities of impact from GCU and IMG and beyond, you know, people are looking up to you and people are seeing the impact you're making and they see that you're just doing this as, you know, you're just working as an athletic trainer, not just as an athletic trainer, but like, you're not a pastor on a platform, preaching a message, you're an athletic trainer impacting just as many lives, if not more. And so they see you playing where your feet are. So what advice would you have for others who see you doing just that and they say, I want to play where my feet are like Chris does, what advice do you have for them?
1: I think what you've done a really good job of and what I think I've eventually found is just, just find the pay- place where your passions and your experience kind of align, you know, and then where those where those two points meet, you know, do your work right there and um, and bring people along with you. And I think it's really important to have one well, a community of people around you, you know, um, like-minded that are able to help encourage you and, um, help you. But I think that we could get whatever jobs we want, make more money, do all that stuff, you know, but we feel like the Lord's called us to where we are right now. And it's because, you know, looking at, it's evident me watching you, you know, um, your experience and your passion are, you know, perfectly aligned right now with what you're doing and you're able to use that for the Lord's glory. You know, every gift he's given you so far, you know you're able to use that right now and impact the people you're around I think every every experience and gift he's given me so far has given me a unique skill set to be able to impact the people that you know that are around me and so um like you said like I know you kind of it is true I am just an athletic trainer like I don't know any kid who grows up who's like I want to be an athletic trainer that's my goal you know as a little kid but um and i mean if you would have asked me at the beginning of college and somebody said you want to be an athletic <laughs> trainer like heck no but i think like understanding you know what what god's calling in your life is um and what he's taught you what he taught me you know years and years and years of you know um my experience as a college athlete my experience as a high school athlete growing up experience around you know what kind of friends i had what kind of parents i had you know how how my parents treated me and how my brothers and sisters treated me and how I wanted to treat others, you know, everything just kind of aligned into, you know, this perfect little thing that was like, you know, I felt like I got put in athletic training and it's just, you know, I started out my career straight out of, you know, grad school at a division one basketball team. Like it's pretty hard to do. And um, that wasn't really me, it was just like, I was, I really just felt like I followed, you know, where God was calling me, and he put me in the right place, and and so I, I think that's, again, probably a long, long answer to your question, but, but just take the experiences the Lord's given you, you know, and match that with the passion he's given you, and then do your work, do your work in the community where those two lines intersect, and I think you'll, you know, you'll feel fulfilled, I think you'll be able to have a lot of impact on people around you, um, I think you'll be able to do the do the work the Lord's put in your life and glorify him through the process.
0: Most definitely. You killed it. The more, the merrier. Don't apologize for, for talking more. (laughs) I I talk for a living. So I love to be able to listen for once too. (laughs) No, so, so good, Chris. I love it. I love every single thing you said. And it's, it's so true. So I appreciate you so much hopping on and just sharing some wisdom and your story and everything about beyond the game. It's so exciting. And I know I definitely want to keep following along with everything. And I know everyone who's listening to this is certainly thinking the same. So, you know, the podcast might be ending, but I want to make sure we can all stay caught up with Chris Elliott, Beyond the Game, and more. So talk to us. How best can we follow you, the the, the book, everything you got going on? Plug it all now. This is your opportunity. <laughs> Where do we follow? Right. What can we do?
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Instagram, you can find it. Beyond the Game 365 is the handle on Twitter. It is just BTG365. Yeah. If you want to find out a lot more information, you can email at uh, beyondthegame365 at gmail.com. Um, or if you want to follow me personally, it's Instagram. I'm trying to think. I think it's chris, uh, chris elliot underscore 12. And then Twitter, it's chris elliot underscore ATC. So if you, if you want to keep up with my life or Beyond the Game, that's where you can find. If you want more information, just DM me, email, whatever. And I'd be happy to talk with you about it.
0: It's so funny how you almost forget your own personal accounts when you're focused on everything about the book, because I, I feel oh, really? you, it becomes your life. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, no, I like my the Instagram. Like, I'm, like, way more active on the book. And, just, like, I'll be on there and be like, I haven't even checked on, <laughs> with my friends on my personal Instagram in, like, three days.
0: So. <laughs> I so feel you. I, I always do the, like, collaborate with your posts between PlayWeerFeedR and my own Instagram. And I'll scroll through my own Instagram, and I'm like, these are literally all PlayWeerFeedR posts. Like, it's one yeah. every maybe ten that is just, like, a Cam.Dobbs post. But, Chris, so exciting. We're going to make sure we link all of those accounts below twitter to instagram to we'll drop in the email as well in case people want to reach out but guys don't be afraid you heard him talk about it this whole episode don't be afraid to connect with chris because he has done just that these past couple years connecting with hundreds on hundreds on hundreds of athletes and people talking about faith and ministry and sport and life so don't hesitate to reach out to him i know he'd love to get to know more of you guys and just continue spreading everything about beyond the game but chris I want to thank you one last time and I'll give you the floor, the stage, the mic, whatever you got, last words are coming from you. So anything and everything else, any last words on the podcast today?
1: Let's see. I mean, I'll try and uh, try and combine all of our platforms so far. So for athletes listening, you're more than an athlete. Uh, live beyond the game and play where your feet are. So there, that's all I got for you. There but, we go. Hey, this is awesome. Like I love, like I said, love what you're doing with the platform, with the phrase, with your business. It's been super inspiring watching you, you know, build your brand and the people you're able to impact. So I want to encourage you to keep going. But this has been a, a huge blessing being able to be on your podcast. So thank you so much.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Chris. I guess those are pretty, pretty good for some last words there.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. Thank you so much. And welcome officially to the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are family. Thanks for having me. That was so fun and so good. Y'all, if you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did, let us know. Message us on at Play Where Your Feed Are on Instagram. And don't forget to leave that review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to subscribe and follow the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast on all platforms to hear more amazing episodes like this. In the meantime, be blessed and keep playing where your feet are.